All right, start the show. Okay, party people in the house. Hey guys, it's Michelle Taylor Willis, and thanks again for tuning in to According. Hey guys, it's Michelle Taylor. It's Michelle Taylor Willis. Back at you. It's According to Michelle Radio with Michelle Taylor Willis. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello, Atlanta and Georgia. Uh, if you're Not the same thing anymore? Well, I was going to like go farther out with it, but you kind of interrupted my flow. Okay, you know, get back to it, get back to it. Thank you. Okay, George, Atlanta and Georgia. And now I just feel like the energy is gone. So thanks a lot, Charles. Don't do me like that. That's not on me. That's not I mean, me. really? Let me start over. What's up, Atlanta? In this beautiful day, it's probably going to be 80 degrees. It was like 21 degrees this morning. Uh, yeah, we now, turn around. And now it is hot. Uh, I was going to say everywhere else because, you know, we're on iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio is literally all around the entire world. So I wanted to make sure I welcome everybody to According to Michelle on uh, Real 1100 AM. We are broadcasting here in uh, kind of midtown Atlanta, and it is a beautiful day here. I'm Michelle Taylor Willis. I'm here with you every Wednesday from 4 to 6. And let me make sure I give a shout-out to everybody on IG. Boy, y'all are popping today. What's going on? IG at Michelle Taylor Willis. Let me just say hey to some of you guys. What's up, C Summer Style, J Sims, East Cobb City. Oh, what's going on? Hello, East Cobb. T. Kennett, what's up? My former hero, Slay Queen. Thank you very much. I will do so. With bells on, Carlo, what is going on? How are you? What's up, Raz Siren? I, I want to say I need... No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. I don't need glasses. I just feel like Instagram needs to make this a little bit bigger. Uh, so is it... <laughs> so, so which one is it? You, in, it is, is it Instagram? not glasses. It's, Insta, it's definitely Instagram. You heard it here first, everybody. If yeah, you, you think heard it here you, first. It's not. Yeah, you heard it here first. Of course you heard it here first. What's up, Jay West? How are you? Warren, 1972. What's going on? Does that mean you were born in 1972? If so, you're so old. Because I was born in the 90s, so there's that. So everybody else. What's up, Connecticut? Hi from Connecticut. Okay, we are trying to get this Facebook uh, camera going, and it is not. It's always something. Mark Zuckerberg, help me help you. That's all I'm going to say to that. Okay, I have very sad news because what I wanted to talk about today, I'm not going to talk about first because when I opened up Instagram, I saw, can I get sad music? Do we have sad music? No. We did, no one, no one prepared like, for what I wasn't today, prepared. Though. I know. So I just opened up Instagram and Charles Stanley died. I just. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we, okay. So we did just talk no, about this. I mean, okay. Yes. Oh, no. Perfect. No. Okay. Like real sad music. Not like. You know, mm. yeah, I know. Everybody's like, yeah, that escalated qu- quickly. Charles Stanley, who is like, it, he's not just an Atlanta, like, icon and staple. I mean, he's an international pastoral figure. He died. I mean, he must have just died because I just saw it. Yeah, it just happened, looks like, in the middle of the day. Literally. Oh, man. I, I don't even know that he was ill. Was he sick? 
Well, you know, sometimes a lot of people keep that under wraps. Fair enough. Are, you know, yeah, especially yeah. in that position. Yeah, no, fair enough. They do. But I was just like, oh, my gosh, that was very sad. And especially since what's up, what's up? Um, you know, we go to Buckhead Church and his son, Andy Sandley. And so, um, wow, that must be that must be crazy for the whole family. But I remember first coming to Atlanta, when I first came to Atlanta, his church, the big church off of 285, I think, over kind of by perimeter, going to that church and visiting that, um, visiting that campus. And okay, there you go. There's the music. Wow, this is <laughs> this is radio production at its best, friends. Um, yeah, so I just wanted I want to make sure that we issue total heartfelt condolences to his family, um, and certainly to Andy Stanley as a member of Buckhead Church. And as a follower of, of Charles Stanley and the Stanley family for years, that's a hard hit. That's a hard hit for Atlanta. I mean, I remember, you know, like you turn on, like right now, like last Sunday, I feel like I could have turned on the TV at like 10 o'clock in the morning and, you know, Pastor Stanley would have been on just. Statistically, you are right, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's sad. So keep smiling. That's make gorgeous. That hurt to hear. Um, yeah, I'm just reading Instagram comments. But thank you. I feel like there's a compliment in there somewhere. So I'm going to say thank you and keep rolling. Um, so, yeah, heartfelt prayers out to the family. All right, so what's going on? What happened with you this week? I am having the first day back to the civilization. I actually lost Wi-Fi for the entire week. and I know this because yeah. we were waiting on stuff and it didn't Sorry. happen. Sorry. Yeah. So if anybody, you know, I'm not an important guy. So to all what? three people wondering where I was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> My bad. So I'll do better next time on sending out the carrier pigeon. No, but, um, we no, we definitely. Everybody knew that you weren't. Uh, what happened? Uh, so apparently it wasn't even at our house. It was something that happened down the road that affected only us. Um, you know, AT and T has those new fiber cables. Oh, it was AT and T good? Yeah. I was oh, hoping man. you were gonna say <laughs> they don't they don't advertise with us, so we don't care. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, it was AT and T. Nah, so because you know they charge you for that stuff if you call them, but it what? wasn't on they our. They charge end. for service no, calls. They wanted to, so what we explained the guy said they have lost house. their minds. This they is decided crazy. to give us a free consultation, whatever that means, and a free consultation when my service doesn't work. That yeah. service that you provide. Yeah, and it wasn't on our end. It was something that happened down the street. Those new fiber <sighs> cables are tri- uh, tricky, apparently. Did you say Mick Fiber? No, new new fiber. Oh, I thought you said Mick Fiber. I'm like, dang, McDonald's messed that too. <laughs> McDonald's in the fiber business. That's it was probably why it would be broken. Um, Fair enough. But since yeah. they got robots controlling everything, that that was amazing to me when I walked in and saw so, that one time. Can we talk about that just for a second? Yeah, of course. Okay, I was at this this uh, this thing at Porsche Porsche Experience Center, the headquarters up in Hapeville or down in Hapeville, um, with some other C-suite leaders yesterday. Okay. And one of the topics for <laughs> look my. I guess where everybody knows where I was last night. Oh, you got a stamp to prove <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, my stamp. My stamp did not come off in the shower this morning. Um, and they were one of the topics was they had this leader, uh, this national leader in AI come in, and they were talking about like all the jobs that AI is literally about to just. AI is taking rappers' jobs. I don't know if you've heard, but they've done it on the sound side, and it's going crazy. Well, one of the things they he said was like it's like writing all the writing jobs, like of all like writing, creative, content development, graphic, like all of these different pieces. Writing was the biggest piece of the pie that AI was just about to slash through, and we can already see it, right? Because we have these apps. Yeah. 
we have these apps where you can just dictate and be like, yo, uh, write me a book about slavery. And it'd be like, yeah, you took I mean, like, yeah, chat GPT, they are notorious chat right GPT. now. Yeah, that's right. I know some people working with them. It's like on the back end, it's cool, but also it's like, it's scary. You it's know? very scary. Like, cause you know, if you can do this now. Wait, why, why are we, years, I'm just wondering why we're still playing sad music. Cause <laughs> it is sad that all the jobs are about to be taken. <laughs> that's a sad, sad thing. That would be like a, oh no. What was the one you, <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh no. We got to work today, guys. No. Oh my god. I know he's like I just can't get anything right with her. I'm just oh, no. There you go. Now the thing is with the AI, I'm always uh keeping it on my toes so they can't take my jobs, so you know they don't anticipate my We would toe. never replace you, Jarrell. Oh, and by never I mean maybe. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> there, there's definitely some second stance. It's like, yeah, you got to get out of here, man. No, <laughs> not at all. Come on, look at that face. Man. Not not Big Sean. Yeah. Oh, God. Isn't that what KG calls you, yes, Big Sean? Yes, notorious. Okay, not listen. Him, so we got it. Yeah, we got a really great show. What's up, Harris, Gary? We got a good show in the house. We got two amazing, trailblazing women in the house. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk to them. But before we go, I just want to ask these beautiful women, because they are both beautimous. <laughs> Don't y'all think Jarrell looks like Big Sean? Yes. Yes. I can Boom. Without Absolutely. even like. <laughs> so good. Like Big Sean's so little brother. So good. Yeah, if cousin. I could quit my job. Nope. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not you, respectfully. No, 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 just, I mean, it's just lyrics to the song. Okay, y'all, we got a great show today, guys. We got Senseless Shenanigans coming up at 5 o'clock. We got Ask Michelle at 5.30. We got two powerhouse black women surgeons in the house you know that you've seen one of them on tv you might have seen one of them walking around campus if you went to school with them then i don't know <laughs> i'm just making stuff up because they're so amazing like the bios i can't even like I, I can't get through their bios that's how like dope and it's both of them in here like trying to make me look bad on my own show oh, you don't know how to replace boobs michelle i don't no i don't i don't know how to reconstruct None of that. But we will construct a radio show when we get back on the back half of the, the production booth. It's like, I don't know what she's doing. It's according to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 AM. Don't touch anything. When we come back, we're going to learn all about boobies. I can't wait. When according to Michelle, back half of this break. <laughs> Hey guys, Michelle Taylor Willis here. And I just want to ask you, have you checked out my latest book? Well, I say latest book, really, it's my only book. <laughs> Raising Significance, an MTW guide to raising independent, well-rounded, and confident kids. Listen, this book is not rocket science, and I'm not claiming to be a child expert or a psychologist or psychiatrist or any of that. I'm just a mom who has figured some things out. So I just got some jewels and a few gems that can help you raise not just successful kids, but significant kids. You want your kids to stand out from the crowd or at least from the other kids in their class, right? This is the way to do it. So listen, go to my website, authormichelletaylorwillis.com. That's Michelle with two L's. Check out the book. If you like what you see, click on that pay now button and grab a copy. Maybe you grab a copy for some of your friends who have kids if you don't. But either way, I promise you will not be disappointed. Raising Significance, an MTW's guide to raising independent, well-rounded, and confident kids. Get your copy today. Michelle. 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 Take this one here for me and my DJ. All right. All right. All right. We are back on According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis right here on Real 1100 
a.m. Broadcasting from beautiful downtown or midtown Atlanta. It is a gorgeous day here today. I want to make sure we give a huge welcome to all of our 1100 a.m. faithful listeners and uh, all of our iHeart listeners, too. We are being simulbroadcast all over the world right now on the iHeart um, network. So what's up to you guys? And listen, if you miss today's show, if you miss any show every Wednesday at 4 o'clock, don't fret, my pet, as my grandmother used to say. You can just search, according to Michelle Podcast, and you can find this week's show next Monday, and you can find last week's show last Monday, or any show you want on any Monday. <laughs> just search, according to Michelle Podcast, and uh, and you can find me on literally every podcast network, almost every podcast network, known to man. Most of the ones in uh, in North America. Anyway, all right, coming up, you guys, we're getting really close to Never Play With a Woman's Heart. That is where I make my lead as a female, or my debut as a female lead in a stage play. We've got six shows, Thursday, May 11th through May 14th, Mother's Day weekend. Can you think of another way to bless mom, to bring her to see me? I mean, thank you. Please stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Okay. Uh Here's the premise of the play. First of all, shout out to Dana S. Hubbard. He is an award-winning um, playwright, director, actor, producer. He was on the show last week. Um, he's got 16 consecutive sold-out shows of this play. I mean, he's done it all over the nation, and he decided to bring it to Atlanta. Um, and basically what happens is it's about a woman, uh, essentially about a guy, who does this chick wrong, and the chick decides to take him back, and he literally tries to do the right thing, and in him trying to do the right thing, he makes a deal with the devil that ends up being his probation officer. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> and it, it jeopardizes the relationship that he really, really wants with the love of his life, who is Ting Mate Lauren. So if you want to see what happens, and it is actually hilarious, Tasha Renee, who is a, uh, a leader right now, you know, singer, she's a beautiful voice, she sings, she acts, she's been in um, Tyler Perry Productions and some other movies you've seen her in, yeah, she's fantastic. She plays basically the woman who's trying to take my man. Yeah. Does she get him is the question. <laughs> you only know if you come. Southwest Arts Center, May 11th through 14th, you go to Dana S. Hubbard. Presents.com to get your tickets. I expect to see you guys there. All right, so speaking of amazing women, which we weren't actually speaking of amazing women, we're thinking of someone trying to take my man. But now I'm going to segue into amazing women. We got two powerhouses, literally literal powerhouses on the show today. Um, you've seen them or one of them and on ATL Plastic. They are leaders right now in the plastic and reconstructive surgery uh, industries based out of Marietta, Georgia. I mean, literally, one of them has made history as the first female black woman, <laughs> yeah, put all that together, as a, a medical resident at Baylor University. Nobody ever did it before she did. I'm not gonna tell you which one, because there's two of them on here. And they're beautiful, by the way. I'm like sitting across from beauty. I thought I was looking at myself in the mirror and it ended up being them. <laughs> you see what I did? I wasn't even young. <laughs> We're killing them with the sound effects today. Dr. Aisha Barron, board certified plastic and, plastic and reconstructive 
surgeon practicing here in the Atlanta area. Spellman graduate, a.k.a. by chance. Hey, Sora. I knew she was. I knew I could feel it. <laughs> it's nowhere in her bio. And I even searched a little bit to see if I could find it. I did not. I, I just could feel that energy. You know, like when you... When you have that 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 connection, that pink and green, that ivy, <laughs> that pearl connection, it's just like it's overwhelming. Sometimes, am I right or am I right? Uh, you are correct. I am absolutely correct. Absolutely right. <laughs> um, at Spelman, she received her medical education at Meharry Medical College and graduated magnum cum laude. I mean, brilliant! Like that's brilliance. It's one thing to graduate at the top of your class and just like, you know, advertising. That's what I was. Was not magnum cum laude. Probably not a great example. But but to be a medical student, to be a medical student and the first one at Baylor resident. The first. Well, she made in plastic story. surgery. In plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's crazy. So we got her on. And then... At first, I thought she was Italian because of the last name. <laughs> it does sound like, am I right or am I right? I get that all the time. You get that all the right. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Dr. Famalusi. Yes. Ivy League. Ivy League. Yeah. Fellowship trained plastic and reconstructive surgeon. And these guys are in practice together, right? I mean, she has a passion for building genuine relationships. She completed her plastic and reconstructive surgery training at the University of Pennsylvania, one of the top residency programs in the country. She was also the first black woman accepted there as well. For their integrated program. Mm -hmm. Look at that. And you see how they just play off each other? <laughs> Somebody tell me black women don't support each other. I want to hear it. I don't believe it because I'm sitting across from, it's not, it, listen, we're sitting in the midst of black excellence. We're sitting in the midst of excellence, period, period. Happen to be women, they happen to be black, but it's <laughs> excellence at its best. Okay, so let's just welcome right now and dive into this Dr. Aisha Barron and Dr. Tommy Femalusi to the show today. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? Very well. Good. Are you an AKA? No. I knew I'm you not. were. And it's not, I just did. <laughs> no, you're amazing. Thank you're you. amazing. I just but. feel that same. I know, you're like, but, but I know it's coming. Go ahead. But you're beautiful and it's never too late for you oh, okay. to reach for the stars. Oh, is all okay. I'm saying. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> you know what she means. <laughs> okay. See, let's just, okay. All right. So, first of all, let me switch these cameras around so people can see you guys. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you guys are here, and you both are beautiful. And let me just start by saying congratulations. Like, Thank congratulations you. on being amazing and all that you've accomplished. Thank you. Little girls look up to you. They do, and we don't take it lightly. Seriously, you know, it's, it's it's very it's a serious matter. Do you see what she did there? <laughs> uh, for all of y'all who don't know, for all of y'all who don't know, that's an AKA thing. Um, but I mean, what I like seriously? Do you sit in the mirror sometimes, or like sit at home and like marvel at what you come? Not from a a hubristic, I mean, but just like kind of like man, like we're killing the game right now. I mean it. It takes a lot to get here, but I think yeah. that there are just so many people that have helped us al along the way. So yeah. that kind of, you're so thankful for all the people that have helped you get right. to the point that you, you're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the process is long and arduous. And I mean, even after you've, you know, made it into practice, the work is still not done. That's so right. it, it can starts. still <laughs> better. Right, exactly. That's when the real work starts. But, right. um, you know, so 
continuing the process can be very humbling. Yeah. So I think there, um, you know, while we may be very proud of ourselves and people are proud of us and yeah. everything, I think there's still a certain degree of humility that will always be there. Right. Um, just because, right. you know, exactly. yeah. yeah. Keep life is all life. rounded, right? Absolutely. So, okay, clearly you guys uh, went on, on two separate, you know, background in terms of where you went to school, collegiate training yep. and all that. How did you guys find each other? Um, <laughs> kind of random. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've uh, I've been practicing in the Atlanta area for about ten years, um, and which I, is crazy because both of y'all look like you're three. Okay. <laughs> we like, gotta look uh, the part exactly. though, right? We're plastic surgeons. Yeah, we gotta we're, like, we're actually eighty. We've had thirteen. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I'm actually faceless. forty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever seen the meme that's like black women at 50 and it's like a picture of like a six-year-old girl? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I got to check it out. Um, but go. yeah, so um, I had opened my own practice about six and a half, almost seven years ago. Okay. Um, and, you know, gotten to the point to where I felt like I could take on, you know, another physician in the practice. And I, you know, posted an ad on our um, plastic surgery, you know, classifieds. Oh, and so you literally, you went the traditional route. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. you guys were at some kind of... Mixer for amazing people, and you're like, hey, are you amazing? I'm amazing. You want to be amazing together? Well, that's what happened during the interview. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So where were you at the time? So I was in Philadelphia um, completing my training at Penn, started okay. the job search process. And for me, I was just looking for a place where I felt like I was comfortable, where I could grow, where I could take care of um, patients that looked like me, patients that were from from all walks of life. Yeah. And I think um, meeting Dr. Barron, we just sort of clicked and I felt that this was the place for me. So, so did you have plans on coming to Atlanta before that? Not mm -hmm. necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I actually Atlanta is a special place. I, it is. But I interviewed all over the country. Um, but this was where I thought I could see myself long term. So, yeah, all my family. I'm from New York originally. Yeah. What part? From Long Island. Okay. Yeah. I've been in Philadelphia for the past six and a half, seven years. Yeah. So I packed my bag, drove that U-Haul down here. And <laughs> really? There you go. Yep. What was that like? Because you basically moved your life. I mean, like, new job. Yeah. New, and new I, everything. Yeah. I mean, like, what was that? I mean, it's it's difficult, but I think the important thing is sometimes you have to step out on faith. Mm. And especially when you've set everything up and you've sort of talked to mentors, you've talked to friends, you've prayed about it, um, and you know that you're stepping into something that has a good foundation, um, you just kind of have to go for it. And I think that's a huge part of what, what being a doctor is about. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge part of what being a surgeon is about. Um, you just really have to be bold and brave about what you're doing. Right. Um, and entrepreneur, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and right? obviously you're... Mm -hmm. You've considered all your options, but really sometimes you just have to step out and take those big moves. Let me ask you this. Okay, you probably knew. I'm, a, I'm guessing that you knew you both wanted to be doctors when you were younger. Yeah. Was that kind of Pretty thing? much, yeah. How'd you know? Brainwashed <laughs> by my parents. <laughs> so, okay, so no, I'm glad you... So let's, let's double-click on that. Let's double-click on that. The reason I ask is because... Um, we talk a lot about this show, like everything I do is based on, right, empowerment, mm -hmm. ins inspiring, no matter what it is or where we are, it's about there's this empowering piece. And that empowerment piece usually is built from passion, which is derived from, you know, like purpose, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so that's why I'm asking. Yeah. So do you feel like it was your purpose 
Or do you really feel like, you know, yeah, you were brainwashed by... Well, no, I mean, I think initially... Because um, <laughs> you're like, you could be a doctor or a lawyer or president. Girl, that's what, that's we what do, it right? was. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, but I, I do tell people, you know, when I was a little girl, though, like, I had the running list of everything I wanted to do, and nobody ever told me I could not. That's awesome. You know, so that, you know, I kind of had free reign to explore, but, you know, I was always good in science and things like that. I kind of say, becoming a surgeon... My dad's an engineer. My mom was a registered nurse. So it's kind of melding kind of the workings and mm. kind of figuring out how things work, constructing things, building things, and then still having the medical mm, aspect. That's interesting. You know, so um, it's wow. like you learn from that. And both my grand, both on my maternal and paternal side, my grandparents, my grandfather was a tailor. And then my mother's uh, mother was a seamstress. So I can sew. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it all. <laughs> we can do it that all. That makes you so. a renaissance woman. That uh, makes you a renaissance woman. So, yeah. So, I think part of it is still purpose. You know, you kind of have these things that inspire you as you go along and you learn about different things. Um, you know, initially I wanted to be an OBGYN and then, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that kind of fell by the wayside after I got in the operating room and was like, oh, I got to do surgery all the time. Really? And then I so, fell it really upon, just was a love for surgery. Yeah. And then I, you know did rotations and researched the fields and that's how I fell upon plastic surgery and so you know I fell in love with the operations are so amazing the people that I worked with were really cool down to earth kind yeah. of like me and so that's how it happened I wanted to be a plastic history. surgeon when I was a kid it's not really? too late no it's cer certainly too late when I was like somebody was like <laughs> you know you're gonna late. be in school for 85 <laughs> years right and I was like uh check that's please <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Let me see what this business degree advertising looks like. <laughs> what about you? Because you said you so, did. I did as well. But it's funny because I'm Nigerian. So most people will say Nigerian parents always doctor, Absolutely. lawyer, engineer. That's it. Yes. Choices. yes. But funny enough, that wasn't necessarily the case for me. My dad was an engineer. My mom's a teacher. Um, but I just always was drawn to things that were science related, medical related, um, those were the kinds of classes that interested me. And I actually knew that I wanted to be a surgeon even when I was in college. Okay. So that was like fairly, or I've just always been the kind of person that this is what I want. Like I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. Where um, do you think that comes from? Definitely from my parents. Like I, me and my siblings were always raised to be very independent, yeah. to work really, really hard. Um, so it's... I could definitely thank my mother for instilling a lot of that in, in me and yeah. in my siblings as well. Yeah. So it was from that and being exposed to plastic surgery. Um, I spent, uh, my uncle is an orthopedic surgeon in Nigeria. Um, so when I was in college, I spent like about a month and a half um, just shadowing him. And I knew fairly quickly that I was like, I'm not going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Why not? <laughs> it was just, it was a lot of... Um, is it boring? And no, it's not boring. Of? It's really interesting. It, it just is. wasn't. It was just a little more um, machinery based. And I, I enjoy working with soft tissue. And there's parts of plastic surgery that I, I have gravitated towards mm -hmm. and parts of plastic surgery that I've strayed away from because they're much more similar to orthopedic surgery. So mm -hmm. for, for instance, I don't do hand surgery. And that's because that's very similar right. to orthopedics. That's ortho, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's actually part of plastic surgery, but it's very, very similar to orthopedic surgery. Um, but I'm some of the more like finesse type techniques, things mm -hmm. like that, that are um, sort of true to plastic surgery are the things that I, I gravitated towards. Like I sewed when I was um, actually even into 
med school, like I was sewing clothes for my friends and yeah. things like that. Um, so the creativity that comes with plastic surgery and just how versatile it is. I think Dr. Barron mentioned that you can, you if you choose to, you can operate on children, you can operate on adults, men, women, um, you can operate on the face, on the body. Like it's the possibilities are just endless. Right. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it. I think all of our training has been around you have plan A, you need to think about what your plan B and your plan C are because mm -hmm. you always need to think of your options. Um, and I think those were things that that drew me to plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. I thought about being OBGYN for a yeah. second as well. And it just wasn't for me. And I think you'd like, since I knew what I was probably, I mean, that's the right it's now, a it's tough right it's now. It's a tough I mean, job being yeah. an OBGYN. It's, it's, especially right yeah, now. It's a tough job. And I mean, yeah. And they do amazing work. It's just, you just have to find what speaks to you. Yeah. And I think from the beginning, plastic surgery is what spoke to me. Right. And I just mm -hmm. stayed true to that. So We've got in the studio right now, and according to Michelle, with Michelle Taylor Willis, Dr. Barron, and Dr. Fama Lucy. Whew, they make me work for it sometimes in here, guys. <laughs> plastic and reconstructive surgeons, trailblazers, history makers, actually. We're just talking a little bit about how they got started in the industry. And so, you know, clearly, you're entrepreneur right you've got your own business and um and i want to dive into that a little bit because a lot of our audience they're either entrepreneurial in spirit or they are mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and you mentioned earlier kind of like having a passion for this and i think what's interesting i think a lot of the best entrepreneurs or business owners from the start build business around their passion mm -hmm. right but to be an entrepreneur, I mean, like, this is not for the fan of heart. Everybody wants to do it until they Lord, do it. Lord, right? it is not. It is not <laughs> for the fan of heart. Like, it, there is not a lot about this that's easy, especially in the beginning. And I want to dive into a little bit of that Nigerian culture, right? Because, you know, and I, we, we've, we've had different guests on, right, that are from Africa and, or descent, right? And I believe, like, there's something different in the culture that that breeds this and i'm an american so mm -hmm. I, I can say this right like that breeds this um diligence and this intention and this like hard work and this like no fail attitude like it's gotta happen um you know what i mean like i completely agree and so it's nothing yeah. against us as americans yeah. or even black americans but it's, there's a different expectation Right. Yeah. I mean, I used to uh, our families, we have, we're very close to some Nigerian families and it's just it's different. I think it's great, though, because it's almost like there's a no fail option. Yeah. I think it's also maybe on a broader scale. I think it's an immigrant thing, maybe mm. more than an African or like West African. Point. I think yeah. it's more of an immigrant thing. I think when you your parents have left somewhere and they've left everything they've known or their life, their family, their culture to come somewhere else and really try to give their children a better life. And they really worked their way from the bottom. Um, you mm. as children, you have no other option but to succeed. Right. Mm. You 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 can't watch someone struggle for you 
day in day out and then kind of and just sit back the yeah and just society, and, right? yeah, yeah. You really yeah you really have to um you have no other option and it's really really because one your parents want so much want so much for you yeah and you see how much they've given up for you and how much work they've put into you that yeah. you kind of owe it to them to mm. to do that so yeah i think it's definitely more of an immigrant yeah mentality yeah mentality but I mean, even for you, because your parents work. So were your oh, parents my family's entrepreneurs? Jamaican. Yeah, my oh, parents are Jamaican, Jamaican okay, too. So we work. <laughs> we got ten jobs. I got all yeah. the jobs. Just <laughs> in living color at its best. Right? No, but I mean, so it's interesting though because both of you clearly you in you have inherited. There is something in the DNA, and I think even in 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 as Americans and as black Americans or certain families like mine, I come from a long list of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. paternally and maternally. So there is still like, it's something happens in the DNA that it's like you, it's a no fail option. Obviously yeah. we fail in the success, right? But that's right. normal. Yeah. But, but you know, I do want to, uh, you know, and I definitely believe there's a certain aspect of that and you know, but I think maybe for us and I've gone to two HBCUs, yeah, you know, so yes, I see a lot of that, but I have, you know, some of my closest friends and colleagues are, you know, black American women and men who, you know, they just they have whatever that gene that might they be augmented it. in immigrants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they have it as well. There's yeah. a lot of very hard work and very motivated who ha- still have a no fail option. Yeah. You know, black Americans who, you know, like they just they just got it. They got that grind in them. They have that hustle mentality yeah. Yeah. to but where I wonder if HBCUs you know, help breed that, though. Too, I think because, to a certain degree, maybe. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. obviously, parents and there's all there's. Yeah, I think it's the people you have around you and yeah. how they yeah. foster, fall together. Yeah, that's right. And they just let one, they support you in what you're trying to do, and two, they really push you to be better and to do That's better. Right. So I really, it's yes, there's there are different things that fall into place, but really, it's like I mentioned before, the mentors that you've had, the family that you have. Yeah. When you have a support system, you really can do anything. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. That's, That's exactly true. right. That is exactly that. That's number three of significance. I give a talk about significance and the number three thing that you have to do to be significant is surround yourself with people yeah. better and smarter mm-hmm. yeah, than you, right? Who yeah. can really support you. Okay, we gotta take a quick break. Well let me get to some of these Instagram um comments real quick. So uh someone says, Oh S H I need my face done. <laughs> Make <laughs> sure you, you reach out. Go ahead and tell real quick how people can find you on Instagram. Go ahead. Um, so you can find us at breastbodybeauty.com or um, at email info at breastbodybeauty.com. And go. Dr. Fam Lucy is the facial guru. Yes. Like that's what she did that her fellowship in. Uh-oh. That's her jam. That's we, her jam. Thank you. Uh, let's talk later. Surgical, non-surgical, facelifts, rhinoplasties. All of this. Oh, we're going to talk about all of this when we yes. come back. Somebody said, I'm skinny and obese at the same time. Oh, wow. Skinny fat. Okay. Skinny fat, man. That skinny fat gets you every time. Got you thinking uh-huh. crazy things. My my passion is what I need, somebody says. And uh, Shade is in Nigeria, right? Is Shade in Nigeria? Shade, yeah, it's a Nigerian name. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, all right. So, guys, we're going to take a quick break on According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis. We got Dr. Fama Lucy. We got Dr. Barron. I feel like it's family feud. When we come back, we're at the top of the hour. And at 5 o'clock, we got senseless shenanigans. And then at 530, you can call in 404-603-877. You got questions for the good doctors. All you got to do is call in. You can ask them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at 5 o'clock with senseless shenanigans on According to Michelle with Michelle. Taylor Willis. Michelle. Michelle. Take this one here for me and my DJ. 
Welcome back. It is 5 o'clock on According to Michelle on Real Radio, uh, Real 1100 AM. We are broadcasting from beautiful Midtown Atlanta. And welcome. All are welcome. Do you know what movie that's from? I do not. I'm not even going to fake Anybody? It. Nobody knows what movie that's from? No. Praise? I'm like, I'm about to say Pentecost. It's Don't mess not it Pentecost. Up. It's uh, Poltergeist. Remember the little oh, short oh, lady? I don't do that. Oh, we don't, uh, do you not re- read the room? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we ain't like that. We ain't built like that. Nobody seen Poltergeist? No, yes. But, but you don't remember? Okay. No, All right. Like two seconds, then you crawling under the bed and trying yeah. to, you know, hide your eyes. Oh, that was the one with the, like the little clown thing too. coming out from out of the under Wait, the bed. The clown thing came from It was like a clown puppet situation. From Poltergeist? The first one? I don't know. The last one and only one I've seen. I, remember, I remember. I get around. I just that love proves to get around. We don't watch it like you don't that. Remember that. Nobody remembers any. Nobody remembers any. No, nothing. All right. Well, anyway, it's the, that's like the thing. She was like, "Oh, welcome." Not in here. No, nah, <laughs> nah. You are not welcome in this place. Okay. Yes. No, you know what's really <laughs> messed up about the crickets? I said, "Hey, we need crickets, not to use on me. Well, you get what you use on everybody else, man. You got to be careful what you ask for. Yeah, very specific. In these parts, yeah. you got to be careful. He's like, oh, I mean, what? guys, it's five o'clock. We got senseless shenanigans brought to us by Launch Your Lab. If you are entrepreneurial in spirit. Maybe you have a maybe you have a business already, right? And you're like, you know, I want to do something different. This plate is spinning. I'm making money. I'm gonna dive into something else. You need to reach out to I am Sheila Michelle.com or I am Sheila Michelle online. She can teach you how to launch your own lab. Everybody needs lab services done. I'm an entrepreneur. We do background checks on all of our employees. Guess what I gotta do? I gotta send them to a lab. You can be getting that money in your pocket. You don't have to have a medical background, you don't have to have a nurse, you know, I mean be a nurse, you don't have to be a doctor, any of that. You just need to be entrepreneurial in spirit and ready to to gain some passion and make some money. Reach out to IamSheilaMichelle.com or at IamSheilaMichelle on Instagram and Facebook, and you can launch your own lab too. And by the way, will you tell her that the MT Dub sent you? All right, it's time for Senseless Shenanigans. What you got? Shenanigans! Shenanigans! What is up, y'all? Happy Wednesday. Uh, this is uh, apparently a woman warns women. So uh, I had to make sure the story was confirmed before I went ahead and yes, talked about it. Please do. <laughs> of, we, I don't, uh, we don't fa- want no smoke. No, nah, fake news is not over here. But it'd be like that sometimes. So <laughs> last month, later in March, a woman was approached by a young man on the streets. And, you know, the guy's trying to spit game. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yo, Ma, what's your, what's up, what's your IG, what's, what's your Facebook, what's, up, what's your Twitter? What's up, Brown? What's up, Brown? He went up asking for a cell phone number. And I guess... Because, you know, a lot of women tell me that guys don't do that. They ask for social media platforms. And I guess she felt like it being a phone number, it, it meant more of something. So she was like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a chance. She gave him a cell phone. He went in and put in a cell phone number, called me, walked off. End of interaction, right? She goes through her phone maybe about 20 to 30 minutes later Uh-oh. and sees that there was a transaction made what? from her cash app oh, no. to his cash app. So, wait, she handed him her phone? Yeah, to put in his cell phone number. But he went through her phone, went to that's her cash fast? app. That's really quick. If, and you know what's crazy? Cash app and cell phone, it looks like you're typing in digits. Mm. So even if she wasn't looking, it didn't look suspicious, I could see. Wow. It doesn't take that long to type in your number. Yeah. Well, I guess, exactly. well, first of all, it wasn't long. This man must be a professional <laughs> yeah. at this, man, because he time. took 1K from the young lady. Oh, what? Wow. Yes. Very. <laughs> I, that hurts. 
Yeah, and she's reaching out to other ladies via Instagram, TikTok, whatever the case may be, and just warning her, do not under any circumstance. Like, Give if, somebody your cell phone. Yeah, if, if you there. ask for cell phone numbers, make sure you type it in or same with social media is all that good stuff. But she it's just a warning that, you know, and she was having a good night. I, I don't, Aww. she was out with her girlfriends. I don't doubt that they were, you know, indulging in themselves and having fun. That's but like. it's like, yeah, it's not like, fair to her. She didn't think about it. You know, you know what, what? That's like the technological form of being Cosby'd. <laughs> wow. Because in Cosby, you don't give them your, you don't put your drink down. Mm. Now you don't give them your cell phone. See what I did there? Well, <laughs> there, there are levels, <laughs> but the terminology, if we put it in the I dictionary, mean, probably spot on. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm, listen, I, I'm like a doctor. I'm very, watch out. They're a very algorithmic in nature. And the craziest thing about it, the fact that it came from her bank account and it She's was 100, money, you already know, it was 100% yeah. approved. Yeah. Cash App is not she responsible for that. Get, they're not, she can't get it back. It, it went through her phone. It, the I transaction mean, was through her cell phone, right. through her bank, so they're not, There's no, no fraudulent. There's no can prove it. Yeah, and, and so here's my thing, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking <laughs> ill of any of these platforms, but I'm not, you know, all right, like, I don't mess with Cash App. I don't, I mean, like, it's just too much. There are too many ways for people to get at you these days. It's like I, I'm all for technology. I'm all for I'm all for all of that. But it's like there's too much. It's like even when you're texting somebody, like they can text you on the phone, they can DM you on Facebook, they can hit you up on IG, they can send you a message in LinkedIn, they See, can but email you. I mean, it's just like there's so many ways to get at. It's just it's just too much. But you've opened the doors though. You know what I'm saying? So you have profiles on all these, well, you know, accounts or platforms or whatever. And so if you don't want people to get at you through then, these channels, then, enough. you know, so for the people who are no IG, no whatever, you no social what? media, There's... they are in their little cocoon. They, but you know, but people do they have you. Cash App? That's <laughs> yeah, true. 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 I'm a Venmo girl myself. So am yeah. I. Yeah. And I'm Venmo saying. and Zell. I feel like Venmo and Zell are like the Beverly Hills. Yeah, I agree. Of cash transaction we shouldn't we should try not to be elitist though <laughs> we should try not to but i feel like but you know venmo is still paypal the same company it is it you is. know so it all is. of these things are like interlinked you know facebook is instagram and, is. you know so it's always so she she really can't get her money back it just is what it is no it's it's long gone thousand dollars yeah 1k yeah. poor thing She's i'm never sorry her what's her name do we know her name no that's not i mean probably on social on media social platforms media. but I'm they didn't sorry. put it in the article she should Go do a GoFundMe for it. I'll, I'll contribute. I got five on it. See, that's the problem. Everybody's going to have five on it, and now she's got 100K for no reason. Do you no. see how this starts? Yeah. <laughs> do you see? Some people don't need all that at one time. No. You know what I mean? I, sounds like you're being a hater. I Thanks, mean, if it Jarrell. ain't me, what else am I going to be? Thanks, Jarrell. <laughs> Thank oh. you, Jarrell. Look, <laughs> let me see what, what it was Instagram. I get big eyes over Only here. for emergencies only. Emergencies only. Hello, what's Like going a car on? accident or a baby got burned or something. I need hospital expenses. And that's why we get a go, GoFundMe? Yeah. That's not the only well, reason. Not, not the only reasons. But that's the only right. reason we're doing. All right. Well, thank you, Jarrell, for that. Senseless shenanigan. <laughs> uh, that is senseless. Don't give your phones out. Moral of the story. Don't leave your drinks unattended. And don't give your phone to anybody. We can't hear you. You're not. You didn't turn your mic on. Oh, yeah. Facts. Especially facts about the drink thing. <laughs> drink. He's like, I'm speaking uh, for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. I ain't gonna lie. It did happen to me. Maybe once or oh, Somebody like... cosmed you? 
I mean, like, you know, on Instagram. Oh, that. Okay. There was yeah. one time that a person said you do a money flips and all that stuff, and I didn't even know about it. What? Oh. Okay. Yeah. You set yourself up you for that You did set one. yourself up for that Yeah, one. and the people, and when I got up to do a money transfer on, the, like, all that stuff with the, the cash app and then the, what was that other, Western Union? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Western Union. Hey, That's 1981 like... called <laughs> and said, can we have our cash yeah. transaction vehicle back? Right. <laughs> yes. I'm just joking. I'm sorry that happened to so you. So forgive me. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yes. Forgive me. I'm so sorry, but I know now. I know better. You do know better. You know better, you do better. Well, I'm just surprised of... that, you know, Jarrell said that most people will, when they meet somebody, that they just give their social media handles. Like, if they want to contact, like... I'm not in the dating realm, you know, so back yeah. when I was dating, it was you get your phone number. That's so it. now people just oh, hand yeah. out. No, DMing is like, yeah, that's like the new oh, right. wave of like connecting. It's so your, your phone thing. number is literally now your Instagram handle the, or whatever, the IG, basically. Yeah, what's your IG? Well, I think, I think the idea is that it's not really, they can't contact you directly, directly. Right. And, and that is, that is the reason. Yeah. It, it's mostly for protection in that aspect because you already know when someone gets your yeah. number, it's a wrap. You got to yes. block, delete, yeah. maybe maybe change your number at one point. Yeah. But when it comes to like DMing, it's like when you get messages by people you don't know and they just say, hello, how are you doing? Or hello, handsome, or hello, beautiful, <laughs> all that random stuff. He's right? like, as it happens to me. Every day. <laughs> you got to just gotta be, be like, oh, I don't know you like that. Right, you right, know, right. Like, okay, but, okay. Silly, but, you know, silly. it's interesting, though, that you mentioned that. Thank you, Jarrell. Um, Dr. Barron, I know you're not necessarily in the in the dating realm, but are you? Yeah. Oh, oh she's like, yes, I am. And, uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> my handles are. No, I'm just no. Just oh, no, there will be heavy screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, let's talk about that for a second, because obviously you're very well, you're accomplished women. Does that make it hard to find you know, to date, because I have a friend. I love how everyone looks at me. me. <laughs> well, I mean, you said you, I mean, you said, yeah, that's me. You said that, because I have, I have friends that are in, you know, the space, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to date. I mean, I think it's hard for people to meet each other now, just because there's so many options. Yeah. And there's a lot, like with apps and things like that, it's like you can swipe easily so that makes it difficult but yeah. i think there are certain people that will be intimidated by the job that you have right. but honestly in my opinion if you're not okay with it in the beginning then there's no point in me even entertaining it right my career is not going to change it took me too long to get here. i know exactly. that's right <laughs> i know that's right i know that's slight right. work sis <laughs> slight work ladies y'all got that good slight work going on <laughs> We got Dr. Barron and Dr. Fama Lucy in uh, studio today, both plastic and reconstructive surgeons. I have to say that loud. I say it loud. Well, I have to say it loud, but I also have to say it very slowly. Breast, body, beauty, plastic, and reconstructive surgery yes. is the name of the practice. Like alliteration at its best, you know. right? Um, but okay, so when we left, we talked we entrepreneurship, passion, all that good stuff. But let me ask you guys this. Because it's the heart of the matter. Talk to me about the difference between plastic surgery and reconstructive surgery. I mean, if you just listen, I mean, the name will tell you itself exactly mm -hmm. what it is. But mm -hmm. once again, because we listen to the media, we listen to people who don't know, and then we get these views in our own head mm -hmm. about what it is. So what's the difference 
and who should be doing what? So, I mean, really to like us, everything's all the same. You know, our training is extensive. It includes all aspects of plastic and reconstructive surgery. Plastic comes from the um, Greek word plastikos, which means to mold. Um, reconstruction is, you know, to build or rebuild something. Um, and so I think where most people want to delineate is say, okay, reconstructive surgery is mainly um, after a traumatic car accident. Um, if it's a child born with a cleft lip or palate, if it's a patient with cancer, breast cancer, or anything like that, that needs any type of reconstruction from that deformity that has been created. That's right. kind of where the reconstructive aspects, you know, hand surgery, you know, reconstructing injuries or ailments, um, you know, so that's kind of where that element is. And those things will often be covered by insurance. Um, you know, the plastic or aesthetic side is like a self-pay option, uh, you know, where that's something that you elect to do that's not medically necessary. Um, and that is, you know, the cosmetic surgery, the, you know, facelifts, breast augmentations, tummy tucks, liposuction, all the things that patients, you know, might come in the office and say, hey, can I get my insurance to cover? Right. And we're like, no. Right. You know, because those are things are not medically necessary, right. technically by definition. Um, so that's the delineation that most, you know, plastic surgeons will make when it comes to that. And I think to answer your second question about who should be getting one versus the other, mm. like Dr. Barron said, the reconstructed reconstructive aspect, there is a diagnosis. There's something that we are trying to either bring back to the baseline form and function um, or something that congenitally or from birth is different than it should be. Mm. And we're trying to make that as close to as at as birth, close as, to normal as it. possible mm -hmm. and then um so there really has to be some sort of diagnosis for that um for cosmetic surgery or aesthetic surgery or plastic the plastic portion or um of our field that really is for anyone and that's for anyone who sees something in their body that they are either not happy with or they want to change in some way um and i think it's really up to the individual person to determine whether it's for them or not. What you might think is um, an area that you want to change might be completely different from someone else who looks very similar to you. So it really is um, patient dependent. Mm -hmm. So where, let me, <clears throat> where do we get all of this wrong? Like where did we go south with this? Because we got, I mean, I mean we're now <laughs> yeah. in the land of BBLs yeah, and you know, and, 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 and we know just like everything else, right, it's always existed. Everything yeah. now is yeah. certainly magnified because of TV and media and, and, mm -hmm. and shows and all these things. But, you know, I remember back in, um, you know, in the 80s when you'd see women that got facelifts and they have the, you know, the, 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 the it looked like wrapped towels, up. but, you know, yeah. wrapped in, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The face all, you know, Bandaged and all you can see is their lips because they, <laughs> right? And so we always have like this extreme form, mm -hmm. yeah. right? But like, where did we start getting like so crazy with it and, and why? I think there's definitely a lot of distortion between what happens in a consultation or with your doctor and what is shown on TV, on media. Things that are sensational sell really well and Absolutely. become popular. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. if you had a very natural looking facelift or breast dog, good plastic surgery most people aren't going to stop you on the street and be like, oh, you got mm -hmm. something done right. because it looks 
just it looks like you just like a little bit enhanced. It's not so something do, that's going to stop people on the street. So how do you do that? How do you make it look so natural? Because even people you see, like, I feel like a lot of times, like, even if a woman has had some work, like, yeah. you in your mind, you're like, she has some work done. Yeah, right? so that not could... Not no, respectfully. Yeah. Right. Respectfully. So I think with that, it's, that's okay. Yeah. Like, Mm, something's a little bit different, but I can't put my finger on it, right. you know? Yeah, right. So that's yeah. what, that's perfectly fine. And I feel like that's what we aim for. Right. You know, our tagline at the practice is natural, but noticeable, mm. you know? So you want to have a natural appearing result, you know, so that you don't have something to where somebody's going to point out. And, you know, we don't want a patient to walk away from the practice and, you know, looking crazy. And then they say, Dr. Beard and Dr. Famalusi did my right. surgery. No, we yep, nope. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> you no, know? So I think where, you know, some of this has gone, you know, kind of south is with, um, you know, trends kind of taking off and kind of getting away from us, yeah. you know, and with social media, even though social media and even like reality, reality TV has brought a lot of um, plastic surgery to the forefront Absolutely. and so that there's more acceptance in the general community and black community, you know, because um, there hasn't been in the past. But I think um, people feel like they have to literally keep up with the Kardashians or whoever, you know, um, on Instagram. You know, they feel like these inst- they're going after these Instagram model type proportions. Right. Um, and, you know, women who have naturally been endowed well, you yeah. know, most, you know, black women that I see in the practice, you know, um, even without outside of the practice, you know, black women have historically been known to be more curvy, more shapely. Sure. But you find that some people come in just wanting more and more and more. And they what? want an exaggerated appearance for whatever reason. I think, you know, there's some degree of pressure from, you know, what's out there in the in media and, you know, what what seems to be popular. And some people just go along with the trends. And some of those trends don't age well. Right. You know, with their bodies. I look at some of these and I'm like, you're gonna look like a balloon and yeah. mm-hmm. when you're like sixty. Yeah. And I think like I think another important thing is trying to or what separates a good plastic surgeon first from someone who's just trying to make money mm-hmm. is the ability to say no to right. a patient. Mm-hmm. Right. There certain patient a patient can come in part of my job is to understand what you want or what the patient wants and let the patient know if this is something that I think I can deliver right. and if I think this is something that will age well with them right. and look right. good. Right. 30 years from now and if that's not the if that's not the case i'm going to tell you that that's not this is not a good idea right but now that doesn't mean that that patient can't leave my office and go Mm -hmm. elsewhere and another surgeon won't do it for them absolutely there's always someone that will do it for you if you're willing to pay so i think you just need to to know that you're going to someone who has your best interest at heart in the long term and not just ready to give you what you want right now mm-hmm. because you're willing to pay for it. If it's going to look bad, it's going to look bad. And because we get to see those patients 10 years from now, we know what that can look like. Mm-hmm. So what is, if you are at liberty to say, who's the youngest patient? Not, not that you did it, but like who's the youngest person that came in your office wanting plastic surgery? Because this is filtering down to our little I mean, girls, right? So... Mm-hmm. Plastic, I mean, plastic surgeons operate on infants. Babies, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, well, I mean, like, that you mean cosmetic Cosmetic surgery, surgery. Yeah. yes. Um, well, I guess, you know, to a certain degree, not, ne- not necessarily cosmetic, but um, I've done breast reductions 
on mm. on young ladies who are my youngest is probably 14 you know um and they can develop as puberty hits gigantomastia or very enormous breasts that are causing issues with their self-esteem right. their posture and their, posture and, yeah, their ability to um to you know activities yeah their ability to you know participate um and you know you see these young girls come in and they're so shy Aww. you know they barely want to take off the robe to be examined they don't want their parents to be in the room you know but i mean they have to because they're mine sure. <laughs> but they don't want to be seen and then after surgery you know when you do this breast reduction on them it's like life changing like wow. or even i've done young women who've had breast deformities and sometimes um the insurance doesn't cover it sometimes it does um but you know i've had you know uh, uh i think maybe like a 15 year old who had absent development of one side of the breast you know you do a put a breast implant lift or kind of bounce things out sure. and this girl is a whole new person right. walking in it's not that she's like girls gone wild flaunting everything <laughs> you know because that's not the case but you know they they don't feel held down by how their body looks and they right. can feel comfortable in clothes and kind of feel like they're you know normal amongst right. their peers i'm glad you said that because when i asked the question obviously i didn't think that there was there were reasonable options for young girls mm -hmm. or young people, period. Now, am I, are we doing breast augmentations on like 15 year olds? Absolutely not. You know, um, it's actually, you know, breast implants are not even approved um, in anybody under 18 for saline implants and silicone for 22 years old. But, um, you know, you really have to. It, it, you really kind of have to do the psychological kind of evaluation Absolutely. when patients do come in that young because your body's still changing. Women's breasts will continue, will potentially, in some women, grow up until the age of 25 and yeah. can also be influenced by, um, you know, uh, by birth control pills and yeah. weight gain and that type of thing. Yeah. So you kind of have to really put your, you know, psychiatrist hat on. Not because they're anybody's, you know, no, the C word crazy wanna, or anything you like that. Sure that. But you have to make sure right you're doing state, absolutely, right? absolutely, and that they're doing it for the right motivations. Absolutely. We got to take a quick break, but I do want to ask this question really quick, and we're probably going to answer this on the backside of the break. And if you don't want to answer it, you don't. But you made me think of an interesting piece here. We can't operate. You can't issue breast implants on a girl that's lower, less than 18. However, obviously the topic of discussion these days is altering children, right, from their gender Mm -hmm. So we can't do it on one side, but yet it's okay to do it on the other side. So hold tight. Okay. I just want your thoughts right, but I mean, there's no right or wrong answer on this show. I just, just like the information. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be 530-404-6003. Man, they all inhaled on that. They were like, we ready. <laughs> 603-877. You can call in. You can talk to Dr. Barron. You can talk to Family Lucy. Ask them whatever you want on Ask Michelle on according to michelle with michelle taylor willis right here on real 1100 a.m don't touch anything we come back the back side of this break it gets really interesting i promise <laughs> oh uh, thanks michelle 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 take this one here for me and my dj what's up guys we are back on according to michelle with michelle taylor willis right here on real 1100 a.m we got dr aisha Baron in the house. We got Dr. Tommy Famalusi in the house. I promise you somewhere there's Italian in there. You like pasta, <laughs> Listen, don't you? If, huh? I know you like pasta. I don't. That's the Ugh. thing. I'm more of a rice girl. You like fresh fish. I do. Mm, That's yes. kind of Italian, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. They like with fresh <laughs> olive oil and capers. Anywhere near water. Anywhere, anywhere near water. Yeah, well, fair enough. Okay. I mean, All, right. Is All right. Everybody's a critic. Everybody's a critic. We got them in the house today. We're talking all things entrepreneurship, uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery, cosmetic surgery, the good, the bad, the ugly, all those things. But when we left, and it is 5, I'm sorry, it is 530. Ask Michelle. Ask Michelle's brought to you today by Launch Your Lab. If you want to go into business for yourself, you don't have to have a medical background. You don't have to be a nurse. don't have to do any of those things. But if you're entrepreneurial in spirit, you want your own business, you need to reach out to IamSheilaMichelle.com or at IamSheilaMichelle on Instagram and Facebook. She can teach you how to start your own business around the lab industry it's easy you can do it within 90 days and she's helped literally thousands of people do that if you want to reach out to her make sure you do i am sheila michelle.com and make sure you tell her michelle taylor willis sent you ask michelle sponsored today by launcher lab 404-603-8770 you can call in you talk to me you talk to dr fam lucy dr baron ask us anything will we answer maybe maybe not <laughs> okay so when we were going to break we were talking about, um, I guess, the ethics around not being able to perform breast dogs. Sorry, I think I just almost spit on you. But thank God the screen blocked it. You're welcome. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> but my, 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 my spit is pretty safe. I will say that. Um, and so we talked about, you know, the ethics around not performing breast dogs and girls under 18. But this whole now discussion that everybody's having around being able to alter genders in male and female. So I just wanted y'all's thoughts um, on that. So um, gender dysphoria is a diagnosis. Um, there are a lot of people that, there's a lot of suffering that comes with that diagnosis as well. And I think people who um, have gender dysphoria, they go through a lot. Um, and I think plastic, part of the beauty of plastic surgery is being able to treat that um, and be able to help a patient who's really suffering from a psychological perspective because what they feel on the inside doesn't match with how they present on the outside. And having the tools to help them with that is no different than a woman who has um, a congenital um difference right like um, dr Barron mentioned before that some some young girls are born and they don't have maybe one side of their breast doesn't develop or something sure. like that and it's something that just helps them um, move along in life and now the discussion about what what timing that is I think there's there's a lot of controversy about that in the country in general and that's probably not necessarily something that is ideal for us to touch up on um, but I think Part of what makes plastic surgery so amazing is the fact that we're really able to alleviate a lot of psychological um, distress with right. our techniques. Right. And this is one of those parts of um, life that we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would agree. Um, you know, when we talk about doing these reconstructive procedures in young women, um, it's uh, it's because they are medically indicated. 
Um, and so when you talk about whether or not, um, you know, with, uh, you know, gender identity and things like that, whether or not it's appropriate to do so, um, if it's considered reconstructive and which most will present as yes, it does. Yes, it is. Then that's really the rationale for people wanting to do it. As far as the timing, I think that's a huge debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and you know, I don't want those problems. So you know, it's it's and it's really dependent on the actual person, you yeah. know, because some people will not decide to undergo until much later. You know, some people want to do things sooner. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a little not necessarily a slippery slope, but definitely a sensitive subject that yeah. you can't really just you know talk about for like one minute yeah, i get it, and it I but get it. i think the most one of the other important things that is that um gender conf confirmation surgery is a part of plastic surgery training um and it's the procedures are very difficult and it takes someone who has particular specialty in that to do those surgeries because right. there's a lot of multidisciplinary care that comes into it in the same way that if a patient if a baby was born with a cleft lip there is speech therapy that has to come with it and there are orthodontists that have to participate with um, gender confirmation surgery in general there's a lot of multidisciplinary right. care that's involved in that as well so even outside of just the six years of plastic surgery residency there's an additional year of um fellowship training that comes with that for that type of surgery specifically so the people who um the plastic surgeons who take on that charge and and are doing it they're doing this also in the face of choosing a career that is almost under attack almost because depending on what state you live in those mm -hmm. things can change right but, um, I think a lot of people believe really strongly in the fact that we're trying to take as doctors we we make a decision to take care of people and to take care of them in whatever situation they're in. Um, and I think at the that's sort of like what we should all try to focus on. Like people are suffering and we're trying to alleviate that suffering. Right, right, yeah. Man, I mean, it's a really good perspective. I, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, I hadn't thought about it that way. I hadn't thought about it much at all, actually, until you said it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, But I think, too, there is this piece of like, to that point, right, making sure... And obviously you guys have to follow the Hippocratic Oath and all that. But let me ask you this, kind of in that same vein. I mean, I opened the show saying that you guys are kind of stalwarts in your field in terms of being trailblazers, right? First, you know, female black resident at Baylor, first in plastic surgery. And you too, right, in your, um, at your college, like, do you what kind of pressure does that put on you right because you alluded to earlier and kind of intimated that you know there's this pressure that comes with being an immigrant child right um and there is a pressure that comes especially now i mean black women we're leading the charge in entrepreneurship we're i mean technology <clears throat> finance in medicine, what, what kind of pressure does that bring for you? I mean, I think it, it, it brings varying degrees of pressure. I think, um, you know, part of it is, you know, somewhat pressure from your family, whether it's, you know, really verbalized or just implied, um, you know, to really succeed for them. Um, you know, I think there's pressure that comes from yourself, you know, kind of your self-motivation. And I think once you really reach 
a certain part of your training or a part of the journey, the pressure to not fall off, mm. you know, I mean, to kind of keep things going. Um, you know, I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to, you know, keep uh, not necessarily not shooting for the stars, but you, you know, there's a, there's a point to where you may kind of level out and plateau and right. an area where you feel comfortable and you're not necessarily hustling. Did you, you know, feel kind of like that the, when you were on Atlanta Plastics? Um, I felt like I had ma- made it. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, not with the not no, with the no, show. No, okay, no, no, not with know. the show. No, I mean, I, I felt like at that point uh, I had made like, it. I'm doing I was something. I already Mama? finished. <laughs> right. Um, I had already finished. You know, residency. I felt like at that point I had made it. I think you know one of the reasons I decided to be a part of that show was to kind of really you know kind of put my name on the map and um, you know just kind of give a more uh, realistic perspective of plastic surgery, you know, because at that time it was only Dr. 90210. Mm-hmm. There was, um, I think Botched had, made, had probably just come out. Um, and so I think by choosing to do Atlanta Plastic where there wasn't like this sensationalized you know, surgeon who was up there, you know, lifting weights in the operating room, you know, or, you know, like, because plastic surgeons also, you know, sometimes we get a bad rap that there's this, you know, arrogance and that there's this, you know, opulence that's always there. Right. And surgeons, even in general, I mean, surgeons, I mean, yeah, that the they have God field. complexes that's and right. stuff like that, yeah. you know, I so mean, I think um, to really show that, you know, there were doctors that really care and will listen to you and will... You know, and that are down to earth and that you can talk to and that they're real patients wanting to undergo plastic surgery, that it's not just all people who have bags of money. You know, Mm -hmm. most of our patients are middle class people who instead of going on a trip that year, they They might invest in themselves and go and get plastic surgery or something like that. So. We encourage our patients to do things responsibly, um, you know, but when it back to your original question, you know, the pressure from, you know, I didn't really feel pressure on on the show. Well, I guess. Well, let me back that up. There was pressure on the show to make sure that I didn't make a fool out of myself, <laughs> you know, or embarrass anybody affiliated with me, um, you know, and I think I accomplished that. I think so. <laughs> I mean, from what we saw, well, from what I saw, I mean, yeah. I, I, I didn't watch it on air but obviously i caught snippets now yeah no well apparently now it's on um amazon people are coming in still now yeah, it's no, on it's amazon there. prime yeah. and people you know are like hey, when's the next season of the show coming out and i'm like that was that was, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2015 yeah, 15, yeah, yeah yeah you yeah. know and so i mean the show performed very well but you know Sometimes people don't want to see a good thing, right. you know, like, I mean, we had, we had, well, not people, but, well, you know, no, but networks I mean, but to your or point, whatever. If there wasn't enough drama, yeah. I don't think. They yes. didn't want, you know, the doctors weren't that's duking it the, out, you know. That's so. the point. Yeah. That's the point. I mean, it's like if, if there's none of this um, drama in whatever form. Yeah. There's this belief that nobody wants to see it and they yank it off the hair. But yeah. here's the thing, like, there is an element out here like we want to see that the stuff. good yeah. they, they think that that's what so, sensationalism mm-hmm. is not all people want to see right and it's just it's going to take a network or somebody willing to go past mm-hmm. season one or season two mm-hmm. of something pbs you know which nobody yeah. will watch well you Sorry. know but i think respectfully yeah you know respectfully, i mean but yes. like to speak to that <laughs> Call us. over over a hundred or i mean i'm sorry over a million viewers each night you know like that gets pulled off there you know like that's right. kind of crazy but i think tlc has actually done a decent job i don't watch much tv anymore but i think they've done a decent job of um 
you know, showcasing different medical practices. Yeah. One of my colleagues has a show right now called, she's a urogynecologist, or no, sorry, she's a urologist. Um, and she's Dr. Down Below. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that paints a good picture of, you know, things that are, you know, a little bit different. Right. So we have a question that came in um, on Instagram, and I know uh, you, I heard you. I was ear hustling a little bit earlier when you guys were doing your live over here mm -hmm. about the BRCA2 gene, but um, it, you might not be able to go too deep into it. But Geneva, no, oh yeah, Geneva, uh, I'm BRCA2 positive and on my journey to have a prophylactic mastectomy. What you and your cohorts in the industry seeing when it comes to women of color going this route? Um. I think a lot. Of, I think women of color make this similar decisions to um, Caucasian women when it comes to breast reconstruction. But I think um, part of where the di disparity kind of lies is that um, women of color tend to have breast reconstruction less, um, so they get treated for their cancer. They might get treated a little bit later, but they um, where we come in is with the breast reconstruction sure. aspect. And um, I think for us, sort of the most important thing is that patients know what their options are. Mm -hmm. um, there are several different options when it comes to breast reconstruction, whether you have cancer or you have a gene that makes you more susceptible to having cancer. Um, that can be um, reconstruction with breast implants. That can be reconstruction with um, tissue from another part of your body that's transferred over to make um, a breast mound. And then th it can also be no reconstruction. Some women just choose to completely go flat. Mm. Um, but I think really sometimes where we fall short, and I'm saying like all surgeons, the medical field in general is education. Right. Um, and I think really that's sort of what we need to be pushing for. And that was sort of one of my passions while I was in training. And if she wants to take a look at penbra.org, it um, is an educational platform. P-E-N-B-R-A. Yeah, pen, P-E-N-N-B-R-A -B -R -A dot org. Um, it stands for Pen Breast Reconstruction, Pen Breast Reconstruction Advocate, and the whole idea is that it um, any it's free for any woman who wants to sort of learn about breast reconstruction. Um, there's pictures on there to show you what scars look like, what the process looks like. It talks about the differences between how long your recovery will be with one versus the other what to really expect um, and patients can make an account for themselves and go through it at their own pace um, and really it it arms you with the information that you need so that when you do go talk to your breast surgeon or your plastic surgeon you have a little bit of an idea of what your goals are what fits in your lifestyle and then you can really speak from a position of um, sort of knowing <coughs> right it's a lot of information to take in at once we learn this over a course of six, seven right. years right. for a patient. And thankfully she doesn't have breast cancer, but for a patient who either just got a cancer diagnosis or who's thinking about that risk for themselves, um, it's a lot of information to digest right. in like a, in a 45 short minute. Sure. And then you got to make life decisions. And then you have yeah. to make decisions that really Within weeks. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a lot to take in. And honestly, most patients don't even hear what you're saying. Yeah. They don't. It's mm. really hard to take that in. And I think um, just getting the opportunity to sit in your 
own house and look at all that information and then you go into your surgeon like listen I've heard about this do you think this would be a good idea for me right. um, then you can really become a partner in your your own care right almost. didn't you create this website I did oh okay you yes okay. I did okay. Okay. See, All right. to, I love that once <laughs> again two to three years once again women supporting women I love that I yes. love how you gave her her flowers right shine girl right. come on yeah. now I love that congratulations with the help of another very brilliant um, plastic surgery resident at Penn That's Elizabeth dope. Card I don't know if she's watching this right now, but she's a talented artist, and she did all of the medical illustrations on the site. Wow. That's awesome. I love how you give um, everybody shine. we got to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what the question is. How important is it that black women use black plastic surgeons or reconstructive surgeons? I want you to hold on that. we got to take a quick break. One song, one commercial, or choose one we need to be back in three minutes <laughs> we've got dr baron and dr family lucy in the house on according to michelle with michelle taylor willis on really 1100 am i know the time has come and it's so short but don't touch anything when we come back we're gonna wrap all of this up michelle michelle All right, guys, we are back on According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor-Willis. When we went to break with Dr. Famalusi and Dr. Barron, I was asking, how important is it for black women to see black surgeons like yourself? So it doesn't really matter. Um, I think it matters um, when it comes to cultural competency and really, you know, being able to read the room when you're in a patient, um, you know, or in a room with a patient. Um I think, uh, you know, all doctors should have the, you know, aspirations and the goals to be, you know, honest and ethical and safe with any type of patient they encounter. However, you know, when I see certain patients, it seems, you know, I, I, I look at them almost, I can't help but look at them as a sister or a brother, you know. Um, and so I think it's important that um, there's adequate representation within every kind of field, um, especially within plastic surgery. We are super minorities in our field, mm. you know, um, mm. less than what, 2% of yeah, women, less. of black women are physicians, like doctors across the board, you know, and so probably less than what, Point one percent are plastic surgeons, right. you right. know. So and it's I crazy think because Atlanta will have you thinking different. There are so many well and black I, fa- and female surgeons. Yeah. Sorry, so so no no no. I'm uh, it's uh, it's okay. There's probably now um, with the addition of Dr. Famalusi about nine black female plastic surgeons in the Atlanta area, yeah. which is like the largest I think conglomerate in the Absolutely. world. In Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. You know, so I mean it's you know, it's it's amazing and awesome that we can serve different parts of the community. Um, you know, because there's plenty and there's enough for everybody to go around. You know, there's no competition, you know, when it comes to that. But I think it, it's it's important for people to be able to see somewhat of a familiar face. Right. Um, you know, when you come and see a black plastic surgeon, um, you know, or a black female plastic surgeon, I feel like patients are more likely to be able to see a patient population that might look like them. You know, Absolutely. and so talking Absolutely. about the breast cancer kind of disparity, a lot of 
women don't feel like there are pictures on the internet um, that can reflect what their skin will look like mm, yeah. after a particular right. surgery. Right. You know, so I think it's, it's almost very, like the medical models, right? That, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's very helpful to be able to go to a photo gallery and actually see patients that might be your particular skin tone, you know, your height, weight, or whatever, um, and know that there's someone who potentially has the same parts as you, mm-hmm. the, you know, same skin, you know, uh, characteristics, yeah. and that just might get you. You know, like when it comes to, you know, the demands or even criticisms from your family when it comes to wanting to do these particular procedures. So I think, you know, I I feel like I get it with pretty much all my patients, (laughs) you know, regardless of their background or race or anything like that. But I think I particularly get it with my black patients because, you know, you you know, you just you hear at a certain point, you know, absolutely. So. All right. From each of you, I want mm-hmm. one question. Okay. I'm a patient. I'm coming to see you, or I'm coming to see any plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. If I don't ask any other question, I have to ask this one in the consult. What is it? Um, I, so many questions. Yeah, you should be it's a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's one from a... each of you. I mean, you guys are like on the same page, so you're probably thinking the same <laughs> questions. Maybe not. You know, um. I mean, I would just, I mean, well, hopefully if you get to that portion of the of the consultation, you know that this is a safe surgery. You, you say, you know, like, is this surgery for me? Like, is this reasonable? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think the, the, the patient really shouldn't be asking us that. They should be asking themselves that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when it comes to general, you know, you could say, okay, are you board certified or board eligible? You know, do you have, uh, actually, this is a very important question. Do you have active privileges at a hospital? <laughs> there you go. Boom, okay? I knew it would come out. Because the thing is, is that what delineates us from like a cosmetic surgeon or somebody who went, you know, another doctor who maybe trained as a family medicine doctor right. or something and decides, did, like, decides yeah, you know what, I want to be a, a plastic surgeon. Yep. So I'm going to go and do a weekend course yeah. or, you know, shadow somebody and then hang a shingle and say that I'm a cosmetic surgeon. Those people, they have not completed a plastic surgery residency, so they cannot get privileges at Northside. You know, they can't get privileges at Wellstar or Piedmont or any of these major hospital systems. They can only do surgery out of a surgery center or out of their office. Yeah, Yeah, but sometimes even accredited surgery centers won't let them. So, you know, a lot of them open up their own surgery center and are doing surgery center out of a strip mall or wherever, you know. And so that's where a lot of patients can get harmed um, because there are, you know, these individuals that may not potentially have the expertise, that don't have the expertise. And so I think it's very very important that's a great question you got one um i would just say i mean yeah your surgeon would be saying this anyways but you should really ask what are the risks of the surgery Mm. Mm -hmm. you really want to know you want to make an informed decision before you decide and there's risk to every surgery Mm -hmm. so you really want to understand that before you decide to go ahead with it all right what are the oh sorry go ahead and just decide whether or not the benefits outweigh the risks. you always want to be an informed decision maker so what are the risks, and at what hospital do you have privileges, my friend? Yeah. That's what I need. Right, because if something goes down, yeah, you need to be able to go. treat me. You got to be able to absolutely, yeah. guys. Thank you so thank much. You. I mean, Instagram um, loves you. I got people on jealous on Facebook because y'all are here and <laughs> and they're not. So one final time, let's tell everybody name of the practice and how they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, whatever your 
choice is for yes. social these so days. breast body beauty plastic and reconstructive surgery um we are on instagram at breast body beauty um i we have our own individual pages i'm breast and body doc and, um and i'm dr famalusi um and then you could reach us info at breastbodybeauty.com and then you can always call 678-540-1144 and Fama Lucy, let me spell that for you guys. It's F A M I L U S I. She's Italian. I'm Italian. <laughs> She's Italian. Italian. Ciao, Instagram, everyone. The, the, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Instagram says, "Great job, ladies." Oh, Lola Bunny says, "Yay!" At Yay. Dr. Fama Lucy. Hi, B. Yeah. Um, listen, thank you guys so much for coming in. Um, a wealth of knowledge, always. That's what we do here. We inspire. We empower. We give you knowledge. And then we give you the people, the experts, the leaders here so that you can not just make informed decisions, but use them. I want you to go and put money in their pockets. That's why <laughs> that's why they're here. Right. So definitely go see them, get the consult. But if you decide to do something, choose these ladies. Right. They're clearly they have, you know, credentials at the hospital. They can walk up and be like, yeah. <laughs> let me get that knife. We could do something with it. This has been another uh, uh, episode. And thank you for tuning in to According to Michelle with Michelle Taylor Willis. I'm here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Real 1100 AM and also iHeartRadio. You can always just get in that iHeart app, search Real 1100 or According to Michelle. You'll find me. You'll find the podcast. You can find me on May 11th, opening night, Michelle Taylor Willis night at the Southwest Arts Center where I'll be playing Lori I'll also be uh, receiving the Pioneer Award April 29th from the 100 Black Men. Um, uh, Atlanta, I'm very excited. Yes. Thank you. That's you can find me there. Tickets on 100 Black Men website. You can watch According to Michelle TV right now on the VTV network. You can find me at Michelle Taylor Willis on just about everything. But right now, I am here.